Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. This is Cesar Pliqueta. This is William. This is Ali Riley. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Nick, Dan, and I cover all of Chelsea's latest matches, team news, and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you for being an awesome listener, and with no further delay, let's jump right in. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea, Nick, that's right. We're going to be the destination for everyone this summer. What do you think about that? Well, uh, if if our uh, pod plans are any indication, Dan, it looks like we'll have another 150 episodes this summer. So uh, just uh, get on board now. Uh, lots of quality content. Talk to our friend Joe Tweets today. Dan, let's go. Come on. Yeah, fuck your trip to Six Flags. Get out of the way, Disney. <laughs> no trip to the beaches. Lock it in to London's Blue Podcast. The feed, it's here. And we've got more stuff coming, Mike. And uh, someone's going to make your head turn. Yeah, no, I, I am both daunted and excited by the content that we're going to have rolling out. We definitely have some exciting things we can't talk about yet. But um, I think we're going to be busier than the club this summer. So that, that says something. Does it, though? Yeah. Wow. Low blow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, clearly we haven't ran out of steam at the end of the season like Spurs. Uh, We're still fresh. We're doing well. And I think a lot of that probably comes off of being reunited in Boston, which is a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Real quick. um, Dan, do we have any iTunes reviews or do we need to make a call to action for more reviews? Well, I think... We made a lot of friends, a lot of new friends in Boston. We reunited with some old friends as well. And I think this is about the time we're going to say, hey, you've, you've been through the whole season with us. You've been through maybe many seasons with us. And you know what? You're about to sign the summer yearbook and go off and enjoy what the, you know, better weather of this, you know, the, the year has. So just give us, throw us a little hags, you know, throw us Jeez. a little, uh, you Throwback. know. back. See, uh, see you next year. Whatever it might be, whatever your you know yearbook comment of choice was, five star review on iTunes, and read it out next week, and it'll be fun. You know, make them yearbook themed. You know, maybe uh, which individual like uh, is the class clown, aka Nick. You know, <laughs> most likely to succeed. Clearly, Mike and oh, generous. 
in fantasy. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, no so throw some of those reviews down on iTunes so we can have some fun and, you know, also help more people get connected with the podcast. It's obviously huge opportunity this summer with all the new Chelsea fans that we're going to have to onboard because they're coming as a part of the Pulisic wagon. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Uh, huge shout out to Eric and Ryan on Patreon. That train is continuing to roll on, and we love that. Uh, you guys will be getting your Discord server invites very, very soon. Um, but I think with all that being said, Nick, we could probably go ahead and tiptoe our way into the Boston trip from last week. It was it was everything I could have hoped and dreamed for, honestly. Yeah, it was it was a really good time. Uh, obviously, any time that we're able to connect in person is a, a great experience for us. Uh, we were only there for for a short amount of time, but I think uh, accomplished a lot. Uh, first thing out of the gate, uh, Dan was super annoying the entire time talking about Boston <laughs> sports and uh, annoyed the absolute shit out of me. But other than that, it was a really good tour guide for us, uh, especially around some of the finest eateries. Uh, Dan, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this to you to tell the people where you took us for delicious foods. Well, when someone comes to Titletown, you, you have oh, to take them to a Jesus. couple of particular it's spots. Uh, the worst. And the, the best part was I totally made sure right after we got off the flight, red eye from Seattle. You know, mm-hmm. Mike was on the other row, other side of the row for me. And, you know, I said, hey, I got to use the bathroom real quick. Throw on the Brady jersey. Throw on the Red Sox hat. Jeez. 6 a.m. in the morning. And he did not want. Yeah, he he basically was going to take the first flight back to Seattle. But thankfully, (laughs) we we resolved it. Our buddy Jake uh, Jake Cohen picked us up from the airport, brought some Dunkin'. It was great to be reunited with that. But, yeah, hit up Neptune Oyster first thing. Best lobster roll in all of Boston. That was a really good treat. Uh, Nick... Can we say it, Nick? There was a, there was too much lobster on your lobster roll. Uh, guy, look, I'm I love to eat. I love to eat really good food. This lobster roll definitely qualified Mike as really good food. But I had like an insane amount of lobster on this thing that I could barely like pick it up. So <laughs> so you guys helped me polish it off, which was good. Yeah, I think you knocked about half a pound of lobster off just so you could <laughs> lift it off of your plate. And, and you know, while Dan says it's the best lobster roll, and so often you hear hyperbole with people saying that, this is legitimately one of the best things I've ever eaten. And I, I have to give it to Dan for, for delivering on that front. Well, I think we need to also make a comment. No endorsements here. But if Neptune, if someone who works at Neptune or knows someone who owns Neptune <laughs> Let's wanted to hook the endorsement up, I would gladly take lobster rolls to, you know, shell out for them. That would be no problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, for the sure. good news is you, you are on a hot streak, right? So it continued. That's true. We, we did go to uh, the n- North End to uh, Regina's Pizzeria, which was Oof. quite excellent. That was our uh, post drinking post pre-match party night before party at the banshee where we needed to get something good in our bellies and it was uh yeah it was uh i think it was special michael yeah and you you missed our favorite goth mexican joint in the world oh yeah damn okay (laughs) which was which was also very good but i i think the pizza mike uh specifically my pizza the classico was one of legitimately the best pizzas I've ever had. It yeah. had artichokes all over it. It had so many artichokes that I damn near artichoked. Guys, oh, get it? Guys, did you guys get it? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was May 22nd in the year 2019 when London Zoo Podcast decided to end the show. All it took was one last straw, one last pun from Nick Verlaney, and it was all over. You're not yeah. that far off. Let's just call yeah. it what it is. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Dan too. Well done, yeah. Nick. The, 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 good, the good money would have been on Dan for that, for sure. Um, yeah. No, I don't know, right. I don't know I, what we're doing with this show. To be Boston, gentlemen. So it's true. So obviously, one big highlight was that we, most of us, had never really been to Boston and we got to experience it. And Boston was a blast. And um, I think even though the weather didn't really hold up its end of the bargain. Um, the Boston Blues uh, hosting everyone at the Banshee 
to me, that was probably some of like the, the best hospitality that we've seen. And to be fair, every time we go and visit another blues chapter, like the hospitality is always there. So common denominator is we're just good people. So again, uh, a huge shout to them and we'll get a little bit more into that. But again, I think overall Boston guys was, it was a success. It was a, it was a really cool city uh, that we got to explore. So if you haven't been, there's another, uh, another review that we'd like to give on their behalf. Um, but a big part of this entire thing was the the final whistle on hate. I mean, that's why we went. And this was something that we were really looking forward to. Um, we had done our multi-part series uh, on anti-Semitism and racism and discrimination. And we actually did that on our own. We felt just compelled to put that content out because we felt it was necessary and we're able to collaborate with Dan Levine and Amity who are both there. Uh, Nick, I think that was a surprise for me that was just fantastic to literally have the group that, you know, worked on it. I know I wasn't on the recordings, but worked on the script and putting things together and supporting it and editing it. Um, that was, it just seemed so appropriate to have that group there. Yeah, first time meeting Amity in person. Uh, really great to taller than with expected. Full giant, giant of a man. Uh, and then we've hung out with Dan Levine enough to kind of know uh, that that he makes me look like a giant, which is great um, <laughs> for for me. But yeah, this was it was great to to be able to connect those dots. I mean, that series was was really hard for us to record, Mike. Uh, it was it was not a a fun thing to do, but we felt it was necessary to shed some light on, you know, just frankly, some of the club's struggles against these, uh, these negative forces in the past. And, you know, especially as we're all getting together for this match to, to support causes that are fighting anti-Semitism and discrimination of all sorts. It was great to have those guys in the same room. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, with, with how things have happened in the past year or two, um, you know, throughout the world with football, uh, I think it really, it felt right. You know, we were with the people, we were doing the things that we had discussed and, you know, to see everyone kind of there for that common reason was a really unifying and a really special experience to me. Um, I know we, we talked a lot before we published it cause it's typically not where you would expect, you know, our podcast to go during the summer, but it really, it's vitally important. And I'm just really proud of you guys and, you know, super proud to have been able to have been part of this, Dan. Um, because this is what it's about and, you know, it just lived up to more than I, I hoped that it yeah, would. I, th I think what was really special is we went to attend the pre-match press conference. So two Chelsea players, two New England Revolution players, uh, special shout out to our boy Rich from the Chelsea media team who decided to call on us second question out of the gate and not have anything prepared necessarily, but that was awesome. We rolled with it. After that, the entire first team, the all club the club officials for both sides, and we we snuck in as well, ended up going to the Holocaust Memorial. And if you haven't seen them, if you look at the photos, it's essentially these massive glass towers with steam shooting up from beneath them. And they took the teams and divided them up into groups of two. They had individuals from the Jewish faith, individuals who had family members or loved ones or a direct connection to the atrocities of the Holocaust who were giving education and information about why it's important to remember the importance of combating and fight, fighting a resurgence of anti-Semitism around the world. And these footballers, Nick, who make hundreds of thousands of pounds a week, were so attentive, were so reverent, and the jovial side that people saw the night before at the training at Harvard was the absolute opposite of what they saw from these individuals as they just took it in and I think absorbed this the real kind of sense of it all. Yeah, I mean it's a tough it's it's a tough moment, right? Uh, obviously, Bruce Buck was uh, was there kind of as the club's major representation from the from the board level. Um, you know, players like Eden Hazard, David Luiz, Cesar Pilicueta 
we're standing kind of um, on this, you know, on this kind of uh, rock barrier uh, that was, you know, kind of elevating the uh, keynote speaker, essentially, who worked for the uh, New England Holocaust Foundation. And she was kind of sharing stories about her family's, uh, you know, trials and tribulations to even get to America and all the things that they've went through. And uh, they were stood there, um, you know, just really taking it in. You could tell some players were getting emotional uh, as they walked through the the monument itself. And uh, Mike, it was it was just a I don't know. It was it was a a tough moment not only to listen to some of these stories, but just to kind of imagine how these players are are feeling about taking this information in for the first time, uh, and and just to see the. You know, there's this this really cool thing where the the gas kind of comes up from uh, the ground level and and just a lot of other uh, neat things about the memorial. But it was it was a touching moment for sure. Yeah, it, it, it for me it was it was a difficult situation because we're there to bear witness for a couple reasons. You know, we're there, you know, in a press capacity trying to you know see what's going on and, and document things, but also not invade people's privacy because these are these are situations which you know these aren't easy things to talk about and and they're deeply touching i know um the one tour guide was talking about how many people that she lost in her family and you know as a father she was talking about a couple young kids and when you think about how many people perished in the holocaust um both of the jewish faith and and many other groups it's it's really really difficult and I'm, you know, I think the importance of this is that if we fail to discuss these things and remember, then we let these things happen going forward. And, you know, Brandon, uh, I don't know how you felt, but I'm just to be there was really special. And I, I encourage anyone who's anywhere near uh, a monument or one of the Holocaust museums like D.C. or somewhere else to, to go if you have the chance. Right. No, what I thought was so cool was our opportunity to be there with the team. Um, I took a lot of photos and some video, and you can see it on the players' faces that um, they weren't just going through the motions, right? Like, this was serious for them. This was um, moving them emotionally, and uh, we'll definitely get those photos on Discord first, and then we will make them public, some of them public, uh, after that, so if you really want to get in and see the, you know, everything that's been going on, uh, we'll we'll get a lot of that content out. Just uh, give me some time to go through it. But um, I also liked how um, whether Boston was too busy to notice or the fans were respecting uh, the the moment. You know, there weren't a lot of fans rushing to players asking for selfies and things like that. It was a very quiet and somber atmosphere all the way around. I thought that was. That was really great to see. Uh, I'm gonna not not to prop up the people of Boston uh, because I I am known for doing that on the show. The people who actually wanted selfies and wanted things kind of held a really good distance from the proceedings, almost formed like a little bit of a barrier. Actually, on the it kind of helped. Yeah, it kind of helped to insulate the players and the conversation that was going on. So inadvertently, the people who did want to. And the one guy wanted his signature and his hazard Real Madrid jersey, you know, was doing the team a favor in some regard by helping isolate the goer buys from necessarily getting involved in something that was really meant to be a special moment and obviously a very big and public place. Well done. I mean, as, as we were saying earlier, that goes against everything we were told about Bostonians, but well, well done. Um, Jokes, geez, sorry, people. Anyways, uh, so after that, uh, we got back to the hotel and then we headed to the Banshee. So Boston Blues Home Pub, got to hang out there. Um, and we met a ton of people, Dan. It was tight quarters, but it all worked out. Well, the, the Banshee, for what it lacks in size, it makes up for in camaraderie. And the other challenging thing of this evening was there was also a Bruins playoff game and Boston loves all of its sports. So you did have a little bit of anger intermingling with some people who were really there to watch the Bruins play, who happened to get the front row seats for a great out outing and evening. 
And huge credit to Ben from the Boston Blues, for everyone from the Boston Blues for manning their merch table, for getting people set up for their bus transfer service that they put together, which is a huge benefit for those who came in from out of town. We saw friends from California, from New York, from the Midwest, from the Pacific Northwest, uh, and Texas, from London when Dan Levine walked in late in the evening, and everywhere in between. Tallahassee. Yeah, Tallahassee. Tallahassee. Uh, Again, lots of mics, lots of mics in the Chelsea community, but uh, our boy Mike from Tallahassee, which is great. Shout out to the Knowles there. Yeah, I, I just I, there there's so many to to name Nick. I probably will miss 500 of them because there were that many who just were there to have a great time, and it's great to either meet people for the first time or to see them for a second or third time. Our boy Keith from Trillium, as yeah. well, Nick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I you know I had a special part to play in the night before party. Um, so I <laughs> did I did dye my beard blue for this deal, um, paying off what will surely be my last ever Twitter bet. Um, uh, so I, I took care of business, uh, went full Bluebeard, Brandon, uh, for the night before party. It received rave reviews, people asking that I keep it forever. Uh, I, of course, went home and washed it out the you know very same night uh, because it was really annoying. But uh, I did show up. I did. There are pictures that have been circulated out in the world if you're curious about this. But... I had to do it and we did it and it was it was great and uh mike thoughts or feelings on that yeah i I, you know the the entire trip was pretty awesome but to me between the banshee and the tailgate i that just holds this really special spot in my heart i mean getting the chance to actually meet you know people who spend their time listening to the four of us just talk shit at times and people were so we're so cool about it. And it's so nice. And it, it's like, you felt like you knew people forever. And, you know, people that we've been chatting on the discord channel with or Instagram or Twitter. And, you know, it's just like long lost friends and uh, the community that Chelsea in itself has, but especially within our, with our, our own kind of personal little group, it was just, again, I I'm humbled. It was just such a really cool and amazing experience that I will, I'll definitely treasure that for a long time. I think we also need to make sure we comment on the fact that we were doing a charity raffle. We were looking to raise funds for the ADL and our friends at Chelsea FC in USA. The Twitter account hooked us up with a FA Cup winning side, entire team signed jersey, 1718. And we had two individuals going back and forth throughout the remainder of the night. And through their contribution and a little match that we did from the podcast, we ended up raising $700 that we have donated to the ADL to continue the fight against anti-Semitism and intolerance. And I think that was, to me, one of the most meaningful things that we got to do beyond just meet people and have a good time is give back in a way that is consummate with, look, we don't have Roman Abramovich money. Um, We don't have... We have Brandon Busby approving <laughs> approving the budget, which is nice. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, you can either be the hero or the zero in in that in that situation. Um, guys, the the banshee was a blast. Joe Cole showed up. He showed up decked in Boston Bruins gear, which is a little weird. But hey, he, smart man. He embraced man. He embraced the local culture, and you can't fault him for that. All right, so I think the next. <laughs> part of the trip because that night ended in a blur um waking up match day obviously a little bit different of a match day uh we talked about how we re-energized with some very cool local coffee uh what was it called wired puppy or something like that nick yeah wired puppy great name for a a coffee house great coffee another dan hit on the on the legacy of hits on the uh, food and drink scene uh very good that we got a chance to recharge Upload some photos. Brandon was uh, doing some some editing for an article that was published on football.london. So that was pretty cool um, that they kind of entrusted us, uh, Brandon, to, to do that, right? No, it was. It was great. Uh, working with Ollie Harbord over there, which I'm sure a lot of you know through his uh, interactions with the Chelsea fan cast and Chidge. 
Um, but yeah, then we got the pizza and then off to the stadium we went. Well, we picked up Dan Levine, but then off to the stadium we went. Um, it wasn't just a ride to the stadium, though, because we were multitasking. Because in addition to getting there, we were also, thanks to Nicholas and his ESPN Plus subscription, we were watching the Derby and Leeds match and got to see the epic comeback to put Frank, Super Frank, Super Frankie Lampard into the championship final for the last spot. Unbelievable. Oh, man, we were we were going absolutely nuts. The... You know, we were so as soon as we had left the Banshee, some Leeds fans showed up out of nowhere, which was odd. Um, which and they were they were chanting and talking a bunch of uh, of shit, if we're completely honest. And uh, so we left at, at Leeds, you know, two nil up on aggregate, and then the the fighting Frankies, Mike just <laughs> just came back and uh, and took it to him. Mason Mount getting a goal, and uh, they are playing now in the championship uh, playoff final. Uh, John Terry's Aston Villa, <laughs> yeah. which is, uh, of course, it has to be all Chelsea. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you've got your Mount and Tammy Abraham final. Um, it was fantastic, especially because those Leeds fans were a bunch of shitheads. And I wish we could have been in the pub uh, to see the finish of that match. But um, watching Mount's goal where he just kind of he's going down and scooped it into the back of the net. Um, it could not be <clears throat> a better experience because basically as the match was finishing up, we were we were right at the tailgate and just hit him, hit him with that shush. Yeah. Just, just that little <laughs> shush right there. That was yep. clutch. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got to see tons of people at the tailgate. We all, you know, we arrived basically minutes after the New York blues arrived. So we saw Janique Longtime listener. Great to catch yeah. up with her. Will new member of our Patreon community and, you know, newer listener to the show hooked us up with some, uh, great final whistle on hate buttons as well that their badges that they put together which are really nice commemorative uh yeah and gosh i mean again our boy keith hooked it up nick and i got to enjoy a little bit of boston's finest some trillium not the sam adams it's it's trillium it's not sam adams right nick it's definitely not sam adams but uh yeah keith hooked us up with uh, some tall boys of his of his uh brewery's uh, beer, which is great, and uh, yeah, I mean, look, the the tailgate branding was really cool. It was in an open parking lot. I mean, most most of us have done that before, but there are a lot of different flags, or a lot of different custom jerseys that you were getting photos of. There are a lot of just great conversations that we were having with people, and that is the essence of why you do this in the first place. Yeah, no, the it was a a good old fashioned. American tailgate. <laughs> he had the Boston Blues who graciously donated all the food in that tailgate that they were cooking up and handing out. So all of us got to just, you know, take it in. And it was it was fantastic. Um people sharing beers. You had a little rondo circle going. You had um, oh, yeah. a, an amazing collection of kits that I documented as many as I could. And again, we'll be sharing those across social media and discord so uh be on the lookout for that um but yeah more just reconnecting with with people ardale hall was there c turry um obviously we talked about janique there and there were so many more new people and new friends that we got to meet our our buddies in atlanta uh that we hung out with a bunch Um, crazy fun and then and then um uh let's see dan we had the people um, from the lower Midwest, was it Oklahoma or was it Arkansas? Um, someone that we met right at the end, but like every group was represented there, I want to say. And it was fun. You literally just go from group to group and like, Hey, where are you guys from? Like, Oh, they were from, you know, where, you know, whatever the group was and you got to meet them and kind of make a connection. So, um, a huge blast. Well, and, and how wild was it that we were walking into the stadium and, you know, when we were in London last, we were, had a chance to we're drinking after one of the games and I think we, we saw Nikki Davidson over there and like we run into her younger brother Jake uh, while we're like looking for somebody to take a photo of us outside the stadium and get a chance to say hi to him and, and grab a photo with him too and that was that's awesome like again just the community piece uh, we had Mike Ryan killing it in the fan zone doing a great job and 
boy oh boy is someone gonna get a chance to use his blue is the color song again and again and again <laughs> uh there's a, there's an auto-tune waiting to happen but joe cole was hanging around there as well uh we did get a chance to run into to alex goldberg for a little bit say hi to him dap him up and then it was into into the match in we went uh we snuck in just in time to to get our media seats we're in the press section of the stadium uh it had a great view obviously um there we met up with talk chelsea so we got to meet him um nick you were closest to him and i think got to connect with him the most but uh again just more people in the u.s creating amazing chelsea content yeah like super nice guy and obviously you know we follow what they do um so it was good to connect connect with him and it was also cool to connect with some of the local journalists mike uh who have been you know uh forced to watch the revs for for a long time um and so uh, you know you feel for them on that level but uh but it was cool to to just be a part of that it, it's still new for us so we're not we're not pros by any means but we had a really good time up there yeah it, it's an experience that i mean we're all huge sports fans but how often do you kind of go into the backside of a stadium you know go through the bowels of it go up in an elevator you know go into the press box and and take it as a member of the press and it it's an experience that i've not had before i've been in a press box once before but this is you know to be there you know doing stuff for it it was a really fantastic um experience and on top of it we got a full like catering spread too so they fed us well once again thank you boston um and then it was the post-match stuff which was fantastic well well we forgot to mention the fact there was a brawl in the press box there was a little bit of a back and forth between the dance. There were some eyes going back and forth. And someone on Twitter just, you know, told me to sock it to, to Dan Levine for being a big old jerk about calling out racists. And so, you know what? I gave him a little punch. You know, it's documented. It's out there on Twitter. If you can shoot it in the wrong way, it looks like I'm punching Dan Levine. But it's really all just a joke, guys. It was just a joke. He's really punching racism. That's what he's doing. <laughs> you know? Oh, I wish I had a milkshake. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we we had a, a little bit of work for football.london again. Got to live blog the match, which was exhausting. Um, you know, not the, it was an exhibition, right? It was a friendly. So if you take the, what happened on the pitch, guys, like it wasn't exciting. There wasn't a lot of intensity. It was professional. I mean, Nick, that's probably the best way to explain it, right? Is they did their jobs professionally. Right. Um, th- so, exactly, right. They're not playing this because the, the Europa League final is the next day and they need to get a final training session in. This was, you know, no one trying to go too hard. You know, Chelsea are clearly the better team. Uh, they opened up a lot of space on the wings and basically ran rampant down the left and right-hand side. Um, you know, I did our player ratings uh, for football.london. And at the end, I basically had everybody at sevens, eights, or nines, except for uh, William, who I thought was terrible in this game. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, this was a serviceable performance. The The first half, uh, basically the, our entire first team, Dan, ended up playing the entire first half, which I thought was shocking. Yeah. Yeah, it was not what I expected. And obviously, you know, the biggest criticisms of this entire event end up being with Ruben Loftus-Cheek getting injured, rupturing his Achilles, and now being out for a significant period of time, not, and most importantly to mention, a Europa League final. And yes, was the pitch absolutely terrible? Yes, we went down and looked at it. It was not a good pitch. It was horrific. It was was really bad. I don't necessarily know if that was everything that caused it, but yeah, it it sucks. It sucks that that became the main focal point of this match because if that hadn't happened, everyone would be talking about the fact that Roman Abramovich, Robert Kraft, the New England Revolution, Chelsea Football Club raised over $4 million to combat anti-Semitism, combat intolerance, and it probably was the biggest bummer once it happened nick i think the whole attitude shifted both in the supporters in the 
press box and everyone you know on on Twitter obviously the mood changed and that really just gave a sour note to everything unfortunately yeah I, look Mike we we were down there for the the mix zone after it was it was pretty somber down there uh, we got to see Ruben come out with the full full up to the knee air cast type thing on um, and and kind of crutch out of the stadium and most of the conversation that you know was was had was not about the cause or the you know different aspects of the match it was around Ruben because it was essentially you know from a footballing perspective the worst thing that could have happened um, you know as Chelsea were preparing for Europa League final yeah it, it's not easy um, we had the chance to, to speak with David Luiz and you know, I think a couple of things he said really reverberated with me. You know, I, <clears throat> I myself, I have torn meniscus in both knees. And when I go out to play a game, I know that it's very well potentially the last game that I play before potentially, you know, needing surgery if things don't go well. But David was saying like, look, we're, we're professionals. These are the risks that we take. And unfortunately, you know, when you play the game, you risk injury all the time. Um, you know, that said, it doesn't make this any easier. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm really upset that the entire message and the weight of this match, people shifted it towards the injury because, you know, there was a reason why we had to have this match and it's because people aren't, they're not behaving in a way that's conducive to, you know, having, uh, a decent society and allowing people just to experience something that we all really love. And I'm gutted. I'm absolutely gutted for Ruben. And there's, yeah, look, I, yeah. it's the, it's the worst. It's the worst thing in the world. We had the, we had the chance to interview him in January at Cobham. He, you know, he was just coming back from injury. He was playing, you know, if he played a string of like 10 or 12 games to close out the year, Brandon was looking incredible, was maybe our most important player, not named Eden Hazard uh, heading into this final. And for him to be out now for a year is devastating, man. Like he, he was such a bright star and looked to be heading into next year with so much momentum. Yeah. The fact that we've had two cruciate ligaments uh, or not cruciate, sorry, Achilles uh, done so quick is, is weird, right? Cause it's, it's a freak thing. Like it's not even a broken leg. A lot of times it's non-contact. It's not muscular. So they're overtrained or undertrained. It's, it, it's a weird one. Right. And like, it is every fan's worst nightmare to have any player, especially Ruben go down, uh, in that match. But it's just something that, uh, uh happened and the club will t- own it and take responsibility. And just like Callum Hudson, Adoy, they will take him in, rehab him, give him every opportunity he could possibly need to come back better. And, and, and that's it. I mean, a lot of disgusting language was, uh, pointed towards Maurizio, towards the club, towards Roman. And it's not definitely not Maurizio's fault out of all of the, (laughs) he he's taken this season. We all know he did not want this match more than anyone else. (laughs) Um, and to me, like the club and the players all felt like it was important enough. So if you, um, you know, we were at the pre-match press conference with Alonso and Aspie, they all said the same thing. Every single player before the match said, this is important. There's a reason we're here. We believe in it. And I'm sure Ruben still believes in it. He just happened to be an unnecessary casualty um, on this journey. And it happens and it's the worst. Um, but, you know, like people like to me the only person you can blame is roman because this was roman's idea and this is what he wanted to do so if you're a fan i think that that's the only place you can really direct your your hatred and your vitriol that you're you're shooting um at least in my eyes i don't know if any of you guys disagree with that but um that's kind of my opinion we need to kick some of that that anger back at the people who've caused us to have to have this match you know this you know yeah did did roman make a decision to put his club you know to have to make a statement like this but again this is something like you know be it be it you know 
racism or anti-Semitism, these are things that our players have to deal with all the time. Look at look at Antonio Rudiger and the amount of, of, of stuff that he took while playing in Italy and on international duty. So, you know, Callum, uh, Ruben, all of these players deal with this. And sometimes it might be anti-Semitic or sometimes it might be something else. But the amount of hate that's happening, it's a shame that somebody got injured. But something has to be said. Something had to be done. And it's a shame that somehow we're spinning the story that, you know, a match that happened because of people's behavior is now again, the fault of, of Roman or sorry. Yeah. I look, I get the frustration, Dan. Um, I am heartbroken for Ruben because, you know, I think all these players made a, a good faith effort to play in this match. And, and it was part of the, the gig to raise money. Um, they even brought Ruben on after halftime. He wasn't part of the starting eleven, so to get early to get uh, his season ended in like the ninth minute, um, it's just it's frustrating uh, to to look at. But overall, you know the the cause still was worthy. You know the the game was still entertaining. I think the Chelsea fans who traveled far and wide had the ability to watch their team play. For the first time in the States since 2016, there's a lot of really good things that happened. You know, we just, you know, I think, all want to send our best wishes to, to Ruben. Uh, you know, I'm not really interested in the f- blame America, fuck Chelsea fans in the United States or any of that because we went to the match and supported it. Like, by no means were we clamoring the club to come do this match. They decided to come here we would be foolish not to attend and support. I mean, the fact is there were just under 28,000 people that were there, raised, uh, what, $4 million in charity donations. Like, Ruben is a massive loss, but there was also a massive amount of good done on this trip. And so, you know, I the whole anti-America rhetoric, like... <laughs> Like you just got to pull your head out of your own ass because this has nothing to do with Americans. Uh, this had everything to do with the message that the club wanted to send. And that should be the focus of all of this and, and nothing more. So again, a lot of those people have their own agenda from the beginning that that's what they want to do. Um, but I just think that that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard and it needs to be addressed and, and called out. So um, could I say one more thing? No, but go ahead. You know, as, as probably the, the thing that disappointed me the most, I think of the four of us, the, the person who's hung on and I think, you know, tried to give sorry the most chances and felt like maybe we could make things happen. I was, I was very, very disappointed by him not showing up for the press conferences, um, and, and the other events. And I, I think it was very, very poor showing by him and it, kind of takes away a uh it gives me a much lesser thought of him as a person for not showing up yeah i think that's probably a worthwhile note for us to to clarify is that maritsu sorry didn't do the pre-match press conference but i don't think he was supposed to he didn't do the holocaust memorial visit nor did he host a post-match press conference so uh, read into that what you want. Uh, the club has made his official statement that he uh, had a stomach bug and was struggling with um, kind of his own health. So, uh, yep, we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. I think that that's open to interpretation, and that was his decision to to leave it as such. Unfortunately, um, but uh, we ended up wrapping up the night again with our friends from Atlanta with Dan Levine and his buddy. And we got to kind of sit at the bar gentlemen, just kind of reflect on the last, you know, kind of like the previous two days. So, um, you know, Nick, as we were sitting there, um, cheersing our bullet bourbon and, and kind of reflecting, um, what stood out most to you about the trip to that point? Um, you know, interviewing Joe Cole again was fantastic. I mean, he's so easy to talk to and he's funny and he's, uh, you know, just has a really great kind of, uh, tone and mannerism to, to the way that he, um, you know, talks with us and, and we're happy to get the chance to do that again. You know, I just, I really loved getting to hang out at the night before party with everybody. And I think, um, Dan, um, 
the you know it was just kind of the highlight of the night we got to raise some money we got to do a blue beard we got to drink a lot of drinks we got to you know just uh you know coalesce with our uh brothers and sisters in arms it was fantastic yeah i think the most impactful conversation that we had a chance to have was with um uh Gurav, who is from Chicago and is a you know, studying to be a doctor of astrophysics, and he wanted to talk about the three-part series that we had done in the summer and the importance of it and the value of it, and to be in a crowded bar where people are drinking and the Bruins are playing and winning and Chelsea songs are being chanted to have this really deep conversation about the value of that type of content and the the work that needs to continue happening um it meant a lot and uh, i appreciated and uh, appreciate how thankful he was that we had had done it and you know I, I think it only helps embolden us to try to continue to leverage the platform we have the listenership we do have and the you know this this op- this time where we get a chance to talk to you who's listening right now and try to help make the world just a little bit of a better place through the prism of football. Yeah, I actually saw him in the security line at the airport. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we, we got some more FaceTime and it was great. And I, I left my cell phone in one of the security bins, but got it back, so. It was such a good conversation, you forgot your Crisis phone. Crisis <laughs> averted. Um, Mike, what about you? You know, I, I think it's, we had a chance to see, you know, in speaking with Joe, like seeing these, these players are real people and they do, they do real good. Joe is so personable. He wasn't feeling well. He legitimately was sick. And while we were trying to, we were in the hotel lobby trying to go to the interview, um, there were a bunch of other fans waiting for players and they real, they recognized him. And instead of just darting away to kind of knock out our thing real quick, you know, um, he took pictures with everyone and he is so genuinely nice, um, that it, it just, makes you want to be a better person. And we saw a couple other moments, um, you know, just quickly chatting with David Louise or as or, you know, uh, I saw Ross throw up like a, a, a trash bottle away to what he thought was a trash can, but it was somebody's bag. So he actually like picked it up and you know, like little things. And I know that sounds stupid, but little things that show like these guys are, you know, they're professional players. They're huge in the world. And yet they're real human beings. Um, I think all of them, when you spoke to them or you listened to them, when they had to say, they they understood the purpose of why they were there and it made sense and they knew what was on the line. And, you know, it's, I don't know. It's good Guys, to see Guys, you're going to make Mike cry. He's getting emotional again. Nah, I'm good. No, it, it, you know, it's good to, it's good to, it's good to see the things that, that people care, you know? I mean, it's, it's like watching Drogba celebrate, um, you know Chelsea winning the the you know going to the the Europa League final so it's you can tell it means a lot to all these guys and to be around that uh, a little bit behind the scenes is is fantastic yeah I'd agree I think um, seeing so many Chelsea fans come from across the country and be on message about why we were there I think that was great to talk to fans um, at the, the Banshee and at the tailgate and things about it was really great. And then to see the players back it up with their words and, and facial expressions and, and kind of actions was was great to see as well. Um, and then kind of a, a fanboy cherry on top moment for me was just seeing Roman Abramovich was nuts. Like, yeah, we saw the boss. Uh, and that was like I'm spoiled because I see David Luiz. I'm like, oh, hey, David, what's up, man? Like, I'm used to seeing David Luiz, which is ridiculous in its own sense. Nobody is used to seeing Roman Abramovich, and so I saw him. Well, and it was like, oh, Dan, did you get that? Did you? Did you? Yeah, so, yeah. so so much so that you have this whole pool of media there who are waiting for the yeah you know, they're looking for the team colors, right? They're not necessarily looking for an individual. Mm-hmm. And Abramovich just slyly shoots out of the locker room. Yep. You know, and just slide, you know, just slyly goes by everybody, and nobody's like, "Oh, oh Mr. Roberts, question." No silence. Everybody's like looking for like, "Oh, oh, there's that Revs player. His, Let's talk to them his real quick." First <laughs> Chelsea match of the season, yeah, and he just waltzes oh, uh, out. The four of he us did, were, he did go to a preseason match too. Well, okay, yeah, that's fair. All right, 
beat yeah. okay second <laughs> right um well if you're gonna talk fanboy brandon uh i, I believe your keppa moment was was truly your fanboy no i was of, chill i was giddy were you? with roman were you? yeah no yeah we saw keppa in the lobby and so now we've moved into thursday so every everything is wrapped up and um, we just got in our Starbucks because, well, as you know, Boston is the home of Starbucks, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Inside You're all awful. You Let's are go. all Inside awful. joke for Dan. We woke up late, too, which was the problem. We woke up late so we couldn't get good coffee, so we had to settle for Starbucks. You know, that, that part of that is true. So uh, we did that, and yeah, Kep was just standing in the lobby, minding his own business uh, on, that, on his phone, and uh, no cameras, no phone, just walked up to him introduced myself said hi exchanged some words thanked him said good luck in the final he's all about it and then a few minutes later marcus alonso swept him up and off they went to miami <laughs> so they enjoyed the rest of their week down down south so in in a wrap that was that was our trip to boston that was our experience for the the final whistle on hate i think all of you guys can agree that uh it was a successful trip for chelsea um, New England Revolution, um, Chelsea fans, kind of us as a podcast and all the groups uh, with the Boston Blues raising money and awareness for, for the charities and the causes. Um, Nick, I think overall 10 out of 10. Yeah, it was, it was a great time. Um, just uh, want to say thank you to the Boston Blues, to everybody who came and chatted with us. Uh, you guys made us feel like a, a million bucks and uh, we're happy to do it. Hopefully the you know, the next time these guys are in the States, we'll we'll get some sort of live show together and, and be able to kind of pay you guys back for all the uh, the beers that were purchased and the, and the kind words that were said. It was it was tremendous to meet everyone. So just wanted to, to send uh, thanks your way. Huge thank you, obviously, to everyone that was there. Uh, like, again, en- enough kind words can't be said to the Boston Blues. They were so hospitable and broke their backs to, to make sure everyone had a good time. So... Uh, huge shout out to them. Dan, I think you can probably, on behalf of us and, and your split citizenship in Boston, probably did the best job at thanking Ben and his team. <laughs> yeah, and uh, couldn't ask for nicer people to work with on trying to make an event get together. And you know, Ben had gone through a little personal uh, situation with some family stuff of the weekend and absolutely killed it at another level with the rest of the Boston Blues. So... Yeah, showed uh, showed everybody what the American Chelsea culture can look like, and you know, again, we we don't like to play favorites amongst supporters groups because that's a bad game to get into. But the host city deserves a lot of recognition for stitching together an event that made it for everybody else. All right. Well, that'll go ahead and wrap us up, Chelsea fans. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you have any questions about this event, uh, about things that we talked about, uh, hit us up on social media. Obviously, Discord's the easiest way to get a hold of us uh, through our Patreon group. Um, But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.